Hey friends, thanks so much for joining in on another episode of Cast the Word. Today I want to ask the question, how big is your God? Friends, I pray that each of you are doing well today and that you're safe, healthy, and blessed. And if you're new to this podcast, first off, thank you so much for joining. And if you are a returned listener, then thank you for coming back. Uh, Before we start, I want to read Psalms 8, verses 3 through 4, and I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. It says, Look at the splendor of your skies, your creative genius glowing in the heavens. When I gaze at your moon and your stars mounted like jewels in their settings, I know you are the fascinating artist who fashioned it all. But when I look up and see such wonder and worksmanship above, I have to ask this question. Compared to all this cosmic glory, why would you bother with puny mortal man or be infatuated with Adam's sons? Some time ago, I preached a message focusing on this topic, and I wanted to come back to it for the purpose of this podcast. And I hope that this message today encourages you, I hope it blesses you and reminds you that if you are a believer in Christ, then you are in the palm of His hands, and nothing can pluck you out. The question, how big is your God, is mostly rhetorical. I understand that if you're listening to this podcast, then chances are you are already a believer and already know that our God is a big God, right? But I believe it is always a good reminder because we all find ourselves in dry seasons. We find ourselves in seasons of spiritual warfare or in seasons of depression or hurt and anguish. And sometimes we just need a reminder that our God is bigger than the issues that we face each and every day. A few weeks ago, it was a clear night, and I often enjoy looking up at the night sky and and admiring the stars, the planets, and just the general vast openness of the space above. I believe I've probably mentioned that in a few podcasts in the past. It really, to me, is truly a miraculous view. In fact, so miraculous that, you know, some people even worship astrology. Now, I don't worship astrology, but instead I look at it in awe, as to me it speaks of a majestic creator. Now on this particular night I'm referring to, I grabbed my five-year-old daughter and we went out and just laid out on the back deck looking up at the night sky, and I found that it inspired her and it inspired me as well, as it always does. I'll remind myself on nights like this when I look up that I see the same sky that God told Abraham to look up to thousands of years ago and told him that his descendants shall be as numerous as the stars. Now, can we count the stars? No, of course not. But the Lord still knows them all by name. A vacation me and my wife love to, to do is, is just a general trip to the beach, a pretty, pretty easy vacation, pretty generic vacation, but we love going to the beach. I've been to the beach many times in my life, and the first thing I do every time I go is look out toward the horizon. It always is just awe-inspiring to me, similar to looking up to the night sky. My vision will only allow me to see so far, but I know beneath the surface is another world. Beneath the surface of the water lies a world of sea creatures that God created. Then I look at the tide crashing in, and and I recognize that He tells the waves where to stop. If at any point you question the existence of an Almighty God, simply look around you. The creation speaks of a Creator. In Psalms 19 verse 1 we read, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. 
So many people in this world worship nature and the creation rather than the Creator. And as children of God, we should do a better job acknowledging His masterpiece and not worshiping the creation, but recognizing the fact that all of the creation groans of an Almighty Creator. And even though He created the heavens and the earth, yes, even the God who hung the moon and the sun in the skies and declares when day ends and turns to night, even this God knows me personally. I love the way the Good News Bible translation reads Psalms 139. It says, Lord, you have examined me and you know me. You know everything I do. From far away, you understand all my thoughts. You see me whether I am working or resting. You know all my actions. Even before I speak, you already know what I will say. You are all around me on every side. You protect me with your power. God is so big. He created the heavens and the earth, but he can still be called upon. And he even hears my prayers. Isn't that awesome? Better said, we even have an almighty intercessor sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. So today I ask rhetorically the question, how big is your God? Yet I want to focus on the fact that God is big for many different reasons and different perspectives than what might initially come to mind. We all know God is big, right? But how big is he to you is ultimately the question that needs to be asked. How big do you make him in your life? Is he the creator that is entangled in the affairs of your life? Or is he the clockmaker that winds up the events of life and sits back with no interaction with his creation? I choose to believe the former rather than the latter. So I want to bring up a few points to you today, if I may. The first point is that God is a creator. Genesis 1.1, we read, In the beginning, God created. God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. Not only is he a physical creator, but he is also a spiritual creator. David said in Psalms 51, verse 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Ephesians 2, verses 4-7 through says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Not only has he physically created this rock that we live on, but he created in me a new person. I'm no longer who I used to be. He grabbed me out of the darkness and put me into his marvelous light. I don't talk the way I used to talk. I don't do what I used to do. I don't listen to what I used to listen to. He created in me a birth of passion for my King Jesus. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. God created the earth, but he also created a new earth right here within me and within you as well. He spoke and acted and created in me something that is new, something that is fresh, and something that only God could have done. The second point is that our God is a provider. We serve a mighty God, friends. We serve God the Creator, and we serve God the Provider. My Bible says that my God meets all of our needs according to His riches and glory through Christ Jesus. I know we all know the story of Abraham and Isaac and how God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac, but let's look together in Genesis 22, verses 9 through 14. We read, Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. 
And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he replied, Here I am. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. And it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. In this story, Abraham was tested and he passed. And then he turned and saw a sacrifice to give to the Lord. And he named that place, the Lord will provide. God is still a provider to this very day. I believe that God provided the sacrifice to Abraham in the book of Genesis, and he's been providing for us ever since, whether we see it or not. Has God provided you anything? He provided all of us his only begotten son, right? And it is by the sacrificial blood of his son that I stand redeemed to this very day. We must never forget this and constantly thank him for his provisions. If he's done nothing else for you, From now until the day you die, he did enough on the cross. But we all know that God has intervened in certain areas in our life. If you look around and consider things for just a moment, there have been times in my life I don't know how I'm going to get from point A to point B, but somehow I make it and somehow God provides a way. Have you ever wondered how the bills will get paid at the end of the month? Yet God provides. Have you ever wondered how you're going to get through this season you've been in? He will provide. Have you ever had friends that have bullied you or left you or criticized you when you're at your lowest point. Job did. We know the story of Job. We've talked about him before on this podcast. Job was a righteous man. One day Satan appeared to God saying he's been going to and fro on the earth and God asked Satan if he's considered his servant Job. Recognize here that God allowed Satan to to attack Job, but he set limitations. Then Job had three friends who made his life even more miserable after the attacks that he that Job sustained. Job proclaimed his innocence and even questioned God's righteous judgment, and we, find, we see that in chapter 16. Job experienced an emotional roller coaster about his affliction and, and God's role in the matter. But we get to chapter 38, and God finally responds to Job about the suffering he has endured and the questions of God's righteousness. God responds to Job in chapter 38 and explains just how big he is. We read that in 38 verses 1 through 15. God continues to question Job. Since Job is so smart to question God, God comes back and says, I have some questions for you. God honored Job and provided for him more than what he had in the beginning. And the story of Job here is so powerful because, number one, it acknowledges the fact that God allowed Satan to attack Job. That's hard for us to wrap our heads around from time to time, but acknowledge here that God allowed it to happen. Now, when you face turmoil in your life, acknowledge the fact that nothing can happen except God know it already. God knows what you're going to face. But in this story of Job, we know that it tested him and it tried his faith. And he acknowledged at a certain point in, in, in the book of Job that though he may try me, I shall come forth pure as gold. 
And that's our prayer, that sometimes we have to go through the battle to get to the victory. But we know there is going to be a victory so long as we hold fast to the faith and believe that God is still the provider and God will make the crooked path straight so long as we trust in Him. We've got to trust in Him and put our faith in Him that He knows what He's doing. He is the Almighty Creator. He is a big God and He knows what He's doing. And oftentimes, more often than not, in fact, I'd argue every time we go through a trial, it makes us better on the on the other side of the trial trial. And when we reflect back on that trial, we think, man, I learned a lot going through that. And that's God's design. He wants us to grow from glory to glory. He wants us to mature. He wants us to increase and grow deeper in our love and our commitment and our passion for Him. Now, my third point I like to make is more of a question, a question I proposed at the beginning. And the question is, how big is our God to you? We talked about that a little bit before we got started. We know our God's a creator, And we know our God's a provider, but how big is he to you? When you get to the personal level, when you get to the individualistic level, how big is he to you is the question. How big do you let him be is a better way to phrase that question. Because God doesn't change, right? God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He he hasn't changed. So really the question is how big do you let him be in your life? He's willing, ready, and able The question is, are you letting him intervene? Are you calling to him? Are you reaching out to him and recognizing his omniscience, his omnipotence? If you believe in Christ, then my God is the same as your God, right? We're all Christians. We all serve the same God, right? I believe, at least if you're listening to this podcast, that that you are a believer. And if you're not, then I encourage you right now to recognize Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Acknowledge your sins, repent, and trust in Him going forward. So how big is He to you? When you get the report from the doctor and the doctor tells you that you have stage 4 cancer and it's inoperable, how big is He to you then? I hope you believe that your God is still a giant slayer. Author John Ortberg, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, said that when we make the mistake of shrinking God, we offer prayer without faith, work with without passion, service without joy, and suffering without hope, which results in fear, retreat, loss of vision, and failure to preserve. But my Bible says 365 times throughout the Word of God to fear not, one fear not for each day of the year. And my Bible still says that in the last days, God will pour out his spirit and old men will dream dreams and young men will have visions. We're seeing that today. I still believe these words and I believe you do too. I still believe that he is the same God yesterday, today and forevermore. He'll never change and his word will never pass away. I challenge you to still believe in the supernatural. Still believe in miracles and healing. Still believe he's coming back. Still believe that he's on the throne constantly interceding on your behalf. Still believe the words that he spoke through the Gospels and still believe that the Word of God is is infallible and it is the spoken Word of God through the Holy Spirit written down by inspiration of the Holy Spirit by man. We've got to believe those things. We can never forget and never cease to forget that the Word of God is true. Only then can we really answer the question, how big is he to you? How big do you let him be? Do you put limitations on him? Do you put him in a box? If you do, then he will only be as big as you let him. But we've got to look at the word of God as infallible and as truth 
And only then can we really expand our belief of who our God really is by reading the Word and believing what it says from front to back. Friends, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I hope I provided a fresh reminder to you that our God is still a big God. I know that that is a concept that we all understood before listening to this and before going through this, but I hope that somehow deep down inside it inspired you and reminded you of how awesome our God is. No matter how hard the world tries to belittle him, it'll never work. He's still calm, cool, and collected, seated firmly on his eternal throne. And one day we'll all bow to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I hope that you found some inspiration today. Check out our previous messages if you haven't done so, and feel free to share the Cast the Word podcast with your friends and family. God bless you guys. Stay strong in the faith, and I look forward to talking to you next time.